Welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. I'm Lori Sox. And I'm Sophia Sox. Today is a very special episode because with us, we have our daughter, Sophia Sox, uh, as a guest on our podcast. Welcome, Sophia. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing to come on to our podcast. And I, it might be a little intimidating sitting across the table from your parents, having to be completely honest and we'd like you to be completely honest because there's no wrong answers and you're just here to shed a little light a little glimpse into what your life is like and how you have been impacted by having a sibling with down syndrome does that sound good that sounds awesome okay (laughs) okay Sophia so for uh, the listeners out there tell us a little bit about yourself my name is Sophia Sox I am in seventh grade and I like doing improv and acting, and I have a younger brother who's 10 years old with Down syndrome. How old are you? I am 12. Well, tell us a little bit about your brother. He is super funny. He loves acting out movies, and he's really fun to be around, and he really inspires me a lot. How does he inspire you? He inspires me because there's kids out there that have doubts of him and he just doesn't really pay attention and he just kind of he knows what he can do and he kind of just does it and I I would want to be that kind of person that is just like well I know my limits and I know what I can do so I'm gonna do what I'm want to do. Do you think he's aware of their doubts? I'm sure he's he's seen looks that like oh well maybe those people don't don't believe in me but I don't think he really pays attention to that I think he just knows that people love him and he pays attention to the good and good in life which um which I think is awesome are you aware that other people are doubting his abilities I have become very protective of him because I don't really want him to know that people are doubting his abilities because I don't want that to affect him too much. I just realize that people look at him and he's. some people are like, well, you know, he can only do this much and they have this limit set on him. And I just I just naturally notice it. I don't think I, I wake up, I'm like, I'm going to notice everything that anyone says about my brother. It's just something that happens naturally. Where do you notice it the most? Um, or when do you notice it the most? Now I'm kind of used to it, but when I was younger, I didn't really understand why people were being so, he can't do this and he can't do that because I live with him and I, I know the things that he can't do. Like he can't do a backflip, but... I can't do a backflip, <laughs> Sophia. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, You're getting close, but... But I know that if he has his set, his mind set on something that he will do it and I didn't really understand 
why people just don't even know him and just are like, well, you know, he has Down syndrome, so he can't do that. You know, it's... Um, when, when you say people, what, what people are you talking about? Adults were like, oh, your brother has Down syndrome. And they kind of did it with this tone, like this very baby tone, like very caring. And I didn't understand why people so, they feel so worried about it. They were like, oh my gosh, they were like there's something wrong and I didn't really understand that why people were like or anyone I really noticed it when I was at school and they saw my brother and then during class they'd be like oh your brother has down syndrome and it was it was kind of weird because they didn't really know his name they just knew that he had down syndrome and it, it took a while for me to get used to that people are just gonna say that and I can't get mad at them and it's just it's something that's gonna happen so they, they identified him not by his name but this one quality yeah how does that make you feel at first I was like well yeah and I tried to explain that oh there's so much more to the to the side of him I mean or he's the kid that runs around at the playground and just is nice to everyone or He's the kid that loves watching football by the field. Field. He wasn't identified by that. He wasn't identified by any of his good qualities. He was just identified by this one quality that everyone thought was so, like, bad or sad. Or they felt, they were like, oh, my gosh, is your brother okay? Like, they kind of did it in that kind of tone. And they didn't really understand. I'm like, he's fine, you know. So you feel like it came from a place of, of caring, but... Yeah, it wasn't like they weren't mean against him, but it was I kind of had to get used to that people are going to come from that tone and I can't really change that. And maybe I can educate people on there's so much more to him than just having Down syndrome. But people just want to kind of relate, you know, they kind of want to have that thing where they can talk to someone about. And um, I kind of just had to accept that. So when they approached you, so I'm guessing this was a students and teachers this alike? Was, this was students yeah. mostly um, because I feel like teachers kind of know more, so they didn't really come from that tone. But adults, if I was like playing with them and they're like, oh, you're such a good sister. And I was like, I am, but I feel like they're – they were saying that I'm a good sister because my brother has Down syndrome. And it's not, you know, maybe I helped him up the stairs, but, like, anyone should help someone up the stairs that's having a problem. But I kind of, I knew that I was a good sister, but it was kind of like... How did Liam feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> Liam, well, I have some different points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I really want to hear what you had to say. I was saying that, even though I knew I was a good sister, I felt that the adults were saying were saying it in a more compassionate way, and it was almost like they felt sorry for me. The parent, the adults felt sorry for me that I had a brother with Down syndrome, like it was a burden on me, and I didn't I didn't really get why they would think that it was a burden since I love Liam and he's so awesome, and I didn't understand why it would be a burden. And I don't really think Liam, like, paid attention to that. Like, he just knew that I loved him and that you loved him. And I don't think he really paid attention to any of 
the people outside of the people that didn't like him or had judgment judgments against him and especially today a lot of kids or a lot of adults are like oh my gosh someone said that they didn't really even know well someone said on Instagram or said on you know just texted me oh I don't like you and Liam doesn't really pay attention even if someone come up comes up to him and is so mean he's like okay and he takes that in but then he doesn't really he doesn't really he maybe doesn't give it value no he he doesn't really give it any attention and that's that's something that I wish people did now and didn't take it take it so harshly if someone that they don't even know very well just doesn't like them and that's a good point you experience bullying to a different degree and maybe you would have liked to have had that ability to let it go so it didn't take its toll on you. I did experience bullying and I I feel like if I was if I had more experience with Liam when I was that age and I saw how he didn't pay attention to the people who were mean, I could have kind of taken that and it was like, okay, people he doesn't get affected by it. I shouldn't. And you guys told me, oh, just it's fine. Don't pay attention to them. But it was hard because I didn't, I couldn't relate to anyone that just took it like nothing, like took it in and then didn't really move, like moved on from that pretty soon after. And everyone, you know, it was, it was kind of. Are you talking about the the bullying that you received? Yes. Or Yeah. The bullying that I received, I wish that I had that kind of experience of seeing Liam just not taking any of that bullying and not like being sad about it for a long period of time. Right. And and when you say that, that, that kids or adults would identify Liam not by his name, but by Down syndrome, do you, you they gave a they gave his value in the fact that he had Down syndrome is what I'm, I'm hearing yes. that you observed that yes, that's, that's that was his value. Uh, how does that affect you as far as knowing Liam as a whole person or what your perception of Down? Because I remember when you were little, one time you asked me if you had Down syndrome and having the experience, you know, where kids identify or adults talk in a tone about it. What, what did that make you feel about, did that, did that impact how you felt about what Down syndrome was? Um, it did impact me when I was younger of what Down syndrome was because I felt like Down syndrome was, I didn't know what scientifically was behind it, but I knew that if you had Down syndrome, then people would be mean to you. And people would have lower expectations, expectations of you, Ex- expectations of you. Sophia, that is a beautiful segue to the fact that you had your own challenges where you had speech therapy yes. because you had your teeth pulled when you were little. So in some ways you could you could relate. I think you could see both sides of you had challenges speaking and experience speech therapy, which Liam also has, but you probably had a very different experience, which probably feeds into what you're talking about right now with expectations. You had a different 
experience as far as having a, a, a challenge and how you were treated compared to how maybe your brother has been treated? Yes. Like I, I took speech therapy at school, but never, no one really lowered their expectations of me because of that. They're just, that was a challenge that I had, but they didn't base everything that I was about. She has a speech difficulty, but Liam, it's everything is based around. He has Down syndrome and I don't, I didn't think that was very fair. Mm hmm how you said that I thought that I had Down syndrome was when I had trouble talking, people made fun of me. And I thought because people made fun of me, I had Down syndrome because, well, you know, if you have Down syndrome, you're made fun of. Mm -hmm. And Kids can be mean, huh? Yeah, kids I'm can so be mean. I'm so sorry. Um, and that, what, what grade was that? That was like first? Kin kinder. Kindergarten through like third grade. I'm sorry. But then my teeth started growing in and it... Um, it helped with my speech. And that changed. That that, that changed that everything. Changed. Um, they're like, oh, that's what you were saying the whole time. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I can also relate that experience to when, when even you or someone doesn't understand Liam, I understand what it's not, what it's like to not be understood. I understand where I'm trying to say something and it's not, I'm trying and it's, people are trying their best, but it's not coming out. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like if he's trying to say something and people don't understand him, I'm like, wait, this is what he's saying. And I feel I can understand him more because I understand. Because you've been there having I've, difficulty I've been, speaking. I've been there and I've heard, I've heard myself in videos and I can kind of, make out what I'm saying and I could understand what I was saying so and I feel like that helps me knowing and understanding that certain challenge. How did you feel when no one could understand what you were saying? I felt frustrated because I I couldn't really hear that I had a speech difficulty. I thought that I was just talking and I was like well why, why are these people ignoring me? Why are they hmm. why are they just and I got, I was like, I, I didn't understand it, especially being young. I couldn't be like, okay, wait, I don't have front teeth. That makes, sorry, that makes a difference that, but, um, and then when people started laughing at me, I was like, this, that's just how I talk. That's me. And I, I feel like for having that difficulty, it, Kind of, I was like, well, maybe I should be more self-aware. Maybe I, you know, maybe I should not talk as much. But that I kind of put those thoughts away when because I was like, well, I'm not going to take what people say about me and, you know, lower my self-esteem. But it, it was hard, especially in kinder through third. That was hard. And I feel like no kindergartner or third grader should have to shouldn't have to go through those challenges and it's such a really beautiful insight that you can give on what Liam is experiencing that I never really explored with you before but you can understand what Liam feels like to not be understood and how that impacts his want to speak or express himself that's I should take you into the IEPs <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, you don't understand because that's an yeah. that's an insight that 
you know, we could speculate as much as we want, but you have experience to say, hey, when I couldn't speak and people couldn't understand me, there was a frustration to the point that you maybe didn't want to speak or maybe it affected your self-esteem or you didn't even understand why people were ignoring you, but you felt like you were being ignored. Or even like, what's the reason for speaking out? Or what's the reason for responding to somebody? I felt like if these people are being so mean to me, why, you know, what's the point of talking back to them if they're just going to ignore me? So I feel like that helped me not giving them not trying to explain, well, that hurts my feelings and just knowing that that hurts my feelings and just moving on from that because, and I, and I feel knowing that and knowing how that feels, if Liam gets bullied, I go on full of this mode of, no, you can't do that because I, I know how it's, what it feels like to be bullied and not have that voice of saying, stop it. And he tries and he's like, no, don't do that. But people can't hear him or he's saying or they think, oh, you know, he's he's small and he he can say whatever he wants. And I can still do whatever I want because I'm bigger or I'm older or I can talk more. And I don't. So me being able to talk more and being bigger than them, I go over and I'm like, don't do that. That's so unfair. And they don't understand how that feels. And I understand how that feel feels. And I'm just saying you can't do that. You can't make fun of him. You can't make fun of him. One thing that you saw that Liam has that you wish you had was when you were being bullied that it didn't affect you long term because it did affect you. It did. The thing that you wish that what you can relate to him is that when you were being bullied about the way you spoke there was a part of you that said they can't understand what I'm saying, so it's I'm not going to waste my breath sticking up for myself. It didn't make it hurt less, but you you made that decision that I'm just not going to say anything. Having had that experience when you were still at school with Liam, when you guys were still in the same school, that made you a little advocate at a very young age. And so I I know I don't know what happened during the school days. But I know a few times on the playground after school, I witnessed you advocating very strongly. Very strongly. <laughs> and you pulled me, you know. We can't teach I, through anger, no, though I, I understand I, your I got, emotions. I got very passionate about you can't do that. And you pull me to the side and you're like, you have to just calm down. And you can you can go over there and be like, hey, that's wrong to bully him. But you don't, since yelling doesn't solve anything. And there's this one boy I remember that, um, blocked him on the slide and he wanted to go down and he wouldn't let him on the slide and he was like he was like no no move and he was he, Liam was telling the boy to move but it was very hard to understand him so I went over and I yelled because you weren't right next to Liam at the no, time right I wasn't I I think I the was the boy thought Liam was alone the yes and I and that makes it easier to bully and I I was looking for Liam and I saw him and I heard the boys yelling and I came up to him and I said guys this is a slide for but yelling this is a a slide for you were so calm no no uh I was very mad and I was like this is a slide for everyone you are not the boss move get off the slide right now and let him down and they looked at me with the 
with a terrified look and they're like, okay, and they moved. And when I saw that boy again at a book fair, I got so mad because I remember having kids bullied me and not really knowing how to tell anyone and then having them come up again and just be around me and, you know, they're, and I remember you saying, oh, there's a girl from your class and they bullied me and I didn't really know how to express that they bullied me. Mm. So when I saw the kid there and he kind of looked at me with this look like, hi, I'm here and, you know, you can't really do anything and I did something wrong and I know that I did something wrong, I got mad because I was like, you're just so in this high esteem where you think you can bully someone that's challenged and has this challenge where he can't express how he feels clearly and you take that to your advantage and you just bully him harder and I remember how that felt and I got really mad about it and I yelled at the kid and after I was like well I just yelled at like this third grader Uh, I think what I'm hearing you say is the frustration or you're identifying that bullies pick on someone that they think can't defend themselves and smaller than them. Right. And how frustrating it was because you've experienced the entire thing of, and I have to tell you, even as an adult, sometimes someone's treats you in a certain way and then you see them in a different uh, surrounding. And it's really hard to look someone in the face that you, you know, isn't, not is yeah is mean it's 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 hard for an adult to get through everything that that encompasses much less uh, a child much less a child who's protecting their uh sibling I remember this because I remember the parents staring at you because you were staring at the classmate of Liam's and saying something to you and you told me And the father even did this. It's so funny because the father did the same thing where he kind of tried to brush it off. And I looked at the father and said, no, my daughter is saying your son bullied Liam. And she doesn't really like that very much. And I remember that the dad didn't know what to do with that because I think he was aware that, (laughs) that his son had bullied Liam. I remember that the dad, when I was looking at the kid, turned to me and looking at you and I said I'm sorry is there something wrong yeah he said that to you and which he shouldn't be talking to you and that's <laughs> that's when I thought there is something wrong and I have to say something about it or else he's going to continue with this behavior and I remember after I yelled at him I kind of looked back and I said I could have handled that differently but at the same time I said he deserved it because I didn't hurt him I just called him on what he did wrong Mm. and even if he gets mad about it he he still understands that he thought that he could get away with it and it didn't and having you support me I felt like when I couldn't when I had a speech difficulty I didn't really have anyone that could understand me that I could talk to and have someone else support me So standing up for my brother and then having someone else support me in defending him made me feel good, made me feel that I'm taking something that Liam may have forgotten about already and just saying, you can't do that and don't do that again. 
So you were like sticking up for yourself as well. I was sticking up to this is all the things that I couldn't do and didn't happen to me. And now I'm calling someone that did the same thing and has the same behavior like some like that the kids had towards me and just calling them on it. And it felt really good. It felt good that I could do that. So your experience with bullies has really helped you to advocate for your brother. It it has. I feel like if I didn't have the experience, I would I wouldn't really stand up to them as harshly. Yeah, you get really mad or you used to get really mad. As I do now. I mean, I haven't gotten mad for the past couple of months since we've been in quarantine, but um <laughs> Score but, one for quarantine. Yeah. Um, but um I I feel like if I didn't have the experience, even as hard as it was, it, it came out for the better. And uh, I view that now and I'm kind of thankful for those bullies because they did something that was a low blow and just kind of made me feel bad. And it turned out for the good. And that's what I like is that someone's bad act can make a difference of good in someone else's life. And I really like that that's what happened in my case. You know, that's you. You took something bad and made it good. They didn't do that at all. You took what they gave you and, and you, you chose to make it something positive in your life. And that's a gift, Sophia. I don't want you to give them any credit (laughs) for that because nobody should bully anybody. No. And the meanness is something that I've never understood in this life. It's unnecessary so nobody's allowed to do that. And anything that came from it that was good was your doing. And I really wanted to focus on the fact that you've, you've chosen to take that insight that you have. And it gives you, it gives you a really great insight into advocating for Liam. Because I think you can even advocate. Like I can come from a place of what's right or wrong. You know, you understand. You know how he could be feeling you know that it's more than just he needs to express himself so people can understand you can touch base with the frustrations that he's feeling or the fact that it might stop him from talking or you know anything else that you experienced and that that makes you a great advocate because you have a a great empathy for him that comes from a real place of experience the anger, I think we worked through that. And, and you have to know that you can, that anger that you feel is your feeling. Yeah. Right. And then you choose how to act on it, just like you chose how to act on, uh, you know, how you were treated, how you chose to change that. And whether you yell at somebody or how, whatever you do, the only reason I say making the anger to where you yell is that the yelling has more of effect on you a negative effect. But that anger is real and true. And I'm going to say sometimes you need to yell. You don't ever want to hurt somebody. And you don't want to use words that are hurtful. But you know, if if it makes you mad, and you have to express it, you find a way to express it, whatever is best for you. And then you can let it go. That is what you were talking about having that ability to let something go so it doesn't take its toll on you, right? 
and you know, you you're a kid, and you learn from it, and you learn what makes you feel good, or you learn what doesn't feel so good. And sometimes when we yell at people, I think the thing is, is that in hindsight, we say, they probably would have heard me if I didn't yell. And if someone makes you feel bad, it doesn't necessarily make you feel better to make them feel bad too. No, it doesn't. Sophia, you have such a pure insight to Liam's experience with the language and where you come from. And what you have been doing is you've been you've been actually being Liam's voice while he finds his own. And you've been advocating for Liam, which is something that, you know, that's your dad and I's job. That's what we've been doing. But it's really the insight is, is that we're, we're all Liam's advocates, right? This is if we knew then. And we always ask if there's something, if, if I knew then, if you wanted to share anything. But I want to ask you, is there... Is there anything extra maybe that you'd like to share with parents or siblings out there that are listening? I don't really focus on that my brother has Down syndrome all the time. It's not something that's constantly in my mind. I don't think it's hard just to have a brother with Down syndrome. I just think it's hard to have a brother at all or even any any sibling. And if ever I get caught up or just... I don't know, I got stressed and I thought, oh, this is just because my brother has Down syndrome. I kind of stepped back and said, well, anyone with a younger sibling is going to feel like I want them to be okay. And I think it just comes with siblings naturally. That is really such a beautiful insight. I love you so much, my child. And I think I think that's a really great thing to pull from it, from this conversation is something that your dad and I always say, and that is, you know, we advocate for both of our children always. And to start seeing, you know, our children as equal and whole, regardless of how many chromosomes they have, we're, we're still going to have those relationships and those relationships still have to uh, unfold and we have to find our way through them. And it, and it doesn't matter if there's a extra chromosome there, really. Although listening to you talk and your experience and the wisdom that you have and your depth and your empathy, I'll definitely say that there are lots of gifts that have planted themselves inside of you. Uh, I love the insights you've given us here today as far as the relationship that you have with your brother, uh, just how normal it is. And I want to thank you for that, Sophia. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. (laughs) And maybe you'll come back around sometime. I love you, sweetness. Yeah. I love you so much. I love you. Please follow us on Twitter at IfWeKnewThenPod. And you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at IfWeKnewThenPod. Or visit our website, IfWeKnewThen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Chromosome.